Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. In my mind, I was mourning because I thought I'd lost my sense of belonging. I didn't belong to that unit. And I didn't have an identity because that was my identity. I was a, I was a special forces soldier. You know, now I'm not. What am I? Movember presents In the Barber Chair, a podcast dedicated to bringing you real cuts and real conversations about men's health. I'm Matt Johnson and I'm your host. Movember wants men to take action to live happier, healthier, longer lives and they invest in prostate cancer, testicular cancer, mental health and suicide prevention. This is Matt Johnson for the In the Barber Chair podcast for Movember and our special guest today is Jason Fox. Jason Welcome to the show, mate. How are you, Jason? Uh, how, how are things right now for you? Um, I'm good, considering the year that we're in. I've been, um, I've actually been quite busy, busier than normal. So I, I've been lucky and I can't complain, but I know it's been a tough one for a lot of people out there. So you've been travelling a, a, a lot as well, haven't you? You've been to Australia, yeah. New Zealand? Been to, did, did New Zealand just before it all went um, crazy got back just in literally got back and then everywhere locked down and then sort of was on hold for a bit as everyone it was and then as it sort of eased a little bit then the Australia thing came about and we flew out there did some did a did a six week stint out there came back and then literally bounced into more more filming doing SAS for the UK for Channel 4 I mean, it's a pretty big whirlwind that isn't it I mean, it's it's gone huge in Australia it's going to be a second series yeah, beyond yeah, yeah. etc and your book is out as well i mean what what does yeah. it feel like to be in that in the middle of that whirlwind right now for you um i don't know i haven't taken stock of it yet <laughs> <laughs> it's all right it's you know I, I tell you what if i'm honest it's only this week where i've actually sort of started to realize that it's all quite hectic and that i've had time to reflect i come home and i'm like Wow, we've just we've just knocked out like three seasons in the space of three months, and then a book's just come out, and now I'm and it's now doing all the press and stuff behind the book that's made me realise it's been quite a quite a whirlwind of a few months. Yeah, because you can't really prepare for for that um, part of well, I'm going to say it's fame, isn't it? Because you 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 can prepare for many different things in the world as we as we do in our chosen professions etc but it's it's quite something when people want a piece of you or um, people know you in in around the world uh, what does that feel like and i can imagine it, the response is pretty positive right uh, yeah there is, yeah i mean if someone would have said to me 8 years ago this is what it's going to be like i'd have been like yeah whatever you're talking rubbish, but it is what it is, and the the response is positive, and it's it's yeah, it's it's good. I'm enjoying it, and I'm making them. I hope I'm making the most of it while it's while it's here. It's one of those. Uh, it's one of those things. I, I'm really interested in that because I mean, you're you're seen as a man's man, um, a gentleman that is very likable. Uh, if you don't mind me saying, I don't want to embarrass you, um, no. but it, it seems you seem to really talk and connect to lots of men out there. And we all know um, that men are def- definitely in a situation worldwide where we are uh, en masse struggling with mental health issues. And what you mm. do 
filters into that um, motivation and uh, into that uh, mindset training, etc. Uh, does it does it naturally fit for you? Is it something that you you carry easily? That uh, added responsibility of the mental health awareness that comes with your job as well. I think um, yeah, I thrive off it. If, if I'm honest, a little bit. I'm glad that I can talk about it, and I'm glad that I can connect with some people. It makes me feel, you know. I'm not being selfish, but it does make me feel good that I can contribute something to a conversation that I think is quite important and that I can try and, you know, give it some volume as as a lot of other people do as well, though. You know, I'm not the only one, I'll, I'll admit that. And I'm glad that there's lots of other people with probably louder voices as well that are doing it. But it's nice to be a part of the noise on 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 that subject. And because you've you've been through your own experiences in that arena and you, you, you talk about it very candidly. And, and I, I actually, in, in your book, very beautifully, I definitely feel that when somebody l- other than yourself is talking about it, it makes it a lot easier. And reading your, your story uh, definitely helps me understand my story, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's funny, I, I, said, uh, I said before, um, that you know, when it came to me talking about what what I'd been through and what I'd done and what I'd sort of like been diagnosed with, I was like, prior to it actually coming out, I was it, I was in a blind panic and a flat spin, and I was worried about people's perceptions of me and so on and so forth. And yet, when when it eventually came out, and you know, it was it was out there, and I was then talking honestly about it. It was like the weight of the world had been lifting from my shoulders. I didn't have to put up this facade anymore. And ultimately, also what happened was I realised that I wasn't alone. There was a lot more people that had said, you know, I've been in those situations and I've felt like that as well. And it actually empowers you to know that you're not alone and it empowers you to to know that you can talk openly about it and that there's no more need for, for a wall of bullshit, for want of a, for want of a better word. I think men, men in general suffer. I, I definitely did the 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 self talk I had uh, because of the condition and the environment that I grew up in. Um, it was mm. always negative. It was man man up. It was get over it. You should be fine. There's worse people out there. And and I mean, I couldn't be. I was my own worst enemy in in that in that situation there. And what you said really interestingly that bullshit mask that we put on constantly is actually more detrimental to the. Than it's more it's worse than the well actually the consequences of uh, uh, being judged by somebody with your honesty, isn't it? That yeah. that's horrible. It is it's psychologically tiring to keep fronting up and keep this you know the the, the barriers that people put up to keep them up, and because you're always worried about well, what if they fall down and what if people do find out who I'm really like when actually when you broadcast what you're really like you don't have to worry about those bullshit barriers anymore so it's a, it's a, it is like it's a good thing and it's it, you know the more i can bang on about it and try and get people to you know open up about their emotions i'm sure the better it is because you you mentioned it you mentioned it just then about the you know man up and suck it up and all this and that there's that old school narrative and people are like oh we should be readopting that and i'm like thinking well hang on a minute Blokes are committing suicide all over the place. I says that old school mentality hasn't worked. It's not working. You know, it's not working for people today. So we need to look at what another, we need to look at another path, another route. And and, and for me, that's about being able to have mm. groups and play places to go and people to visit and see that you can talk to it and, and, and try and work out what is going to make you or put you in a better headspace. Have you been on any retreats or, or anything that you could suggest? I haven't. I mean, I've obviously, I haven't. I did. I went and did my therapy, and I found eventually found the right person that engaged that I engaged with, and that was good. But I wouldn't have said I've been on like a bespoke retreat. But I do go away with my mates, and we go hill walking, or we go and do things that you know. It, sometimes it's a it's a crazy expedition, and that's a let, that might be taking it a little bit too far. But we do do smaller things as well around the UK. I did one recently actually with. Um, good friend of mine Aldo and we we decided once when when the the lockdown restrictions that were in place you know earlier on in the year uh, eased we were going to go out and explore locally and try and show people that it's good to get out locally 
and that you can have fun for, for next to nothing in money. And that's what we did. And actually, you know, it's those things like that that I find therapeutic. You know, I was away with my mate. We were having a really good laugh. We were getting to do some cool things in the UK, you know, within a hundred mile radius of his, where he lives in Bristol. And yeah, it was, it's things like that that I find therapeutic. So they're like my retreats, I suppose. Well, that's really interesting because it is a form of alternative therapy. It's it's, it's a tool for you that I, I feel exactly the same. Mountain climbing, walking, being outside in the elements. It's, it's definitely something. If I was a doctor, I would prescribe it, if you know what I mean. It's, yeah. it's, it's uh, definitely something that I feel a lot of men, especially in inner cities, uh, are lacking, if you know what I mean. And definitely your, the show that you do uh, brings that animalistic nature of uh, what it is to be manly to the forefront. And that open conversation about what we need is really important. Yeah, yeah, it is. And um, yeah, I can't, I can't bang on enough about the great outdoors and how good it is for people's psych and to have that reset. And I, I, I agree with you with regard to people that live in the inner city rat race, you know, they're constantly putting themselves under pressure. It's a busy place to be. I live in London and, you know, you can sometimes, if you've been here for long enough, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm itching to get away just to have a reset. And if, if anyone's listening that feels that they're under pressure, get get out of the city for a little bit if you can and go for a wander. Even if it's around, I don't know, just find a bit of green somewhere. <laughs> and and, and that's, a, that's an absolute fact is because I... Everybody I speak to, and it all, all comes down to, um, and I definitely suffered with this 10 years ago, was trying to live up to the expectations of whatever society is, whatever family members want you to be and who you think you should be. And and you can get lost along the way. And I, I speak to so many men um, around my age, I'm 37-ish and beyond. And a lot of people... Um, when they say they have a breakdown, uh, I'd like to rephrase it as like a breakthrough. It's that I'm yeah. missing something in my life. I've forgotten what I, who I was and what's natural for me because we get caught up in this bloody charade of, of what, whatever we think is real and what reality is. And we, we lose our inner most natural instinct to, to go outside and simply do normal yeah. things. And, and I mean, Going to the pub with the lads is therapeutic because that's where you do share stories and you you, you have those conversations. It is. It's, a, it's the best couch there is for me, is the pub. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than a solid couch. You just go down the pub with a couple of mates and air your dirty washing, get it off your chest. And I mean, that's after the battle as well. And you also find out, again, we go back to shared experiences you start talking about what's going on and then someone else is like bloody hell I had that the other day <laughs> and then yeah. you don't feel so alone <laughs> yeah I would also prescribe a trip to the pub as well I'm, I'm a shit doctor but I tell you what <laughs> are you I don't know whether that's a bad thing I think that's exactly. a good thing exactly Although I, that, I have to admit I went I went to uh, I've obviously been out of touch of all this stuff that's going on and I went when I got back the other day I went got my hair cut I thought I'd go and go and have a pint in a pub. I tell you what, it's easier to get into Fort Knox than the pubs at the moment. You've got to go through all sorts of security checks and taking <laughs> scans of barcodes and all sorts. But I went, yeah, I eventually got a pint and it was all right. Yeah. Worth it in the end. It was worth it in the end, yeah. It's all <laughs> it's always worth it. It's always worth it. And and I very, very it's very interesting things you've I've you've said that I've picked up on, you know, purpose is a huge thing. Um and you've said in a couple of different newspapers, et cetera, when you've been interviewed that at one point it felt like you didn't have a purpose or you were a bit lost along the way. Um, mm. I think a lot of people can resonate with that as well. Do you want, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So <clears throat> I obviously when you know, I was a young kid and then essentially I grew up at, at, at the quickest rate, I think, most people could do and that was joining the marines at 16 and so for a massive period of my my adult life i had a purpose i was in the i was in the military that was my purpose that was my identity and i belonged to it and so then when i left you know which was unexpectedly after 20 years due to you know ptsd and depression i uh 
the day, I remember the day after I left, I was like, I was told that I would feel better because I needed to leave the military because that's what was making me sick. And the next day I woke up and I felt worse. And I was like, what the, f-? I was like, what's going on here? I was, I'm, I was told I was supposed to feel better now. I'm not in the military. And, and I basically had lost, in my mind, I was mourning because I thought I'd lost my sense of belonging. I didn't belong to that unit. And I didn't have an identity because that was my identity. I was, a, I was a special forces soldier. You know, now I'm not. What am I? And it took a while to get, get my head around that. And obviously, once I'd, be, you know, gone and found the right person to engage with and did all my, you know, talks and went for long walks in the woods, I found out I was a bit more of a hippie than I would have allowed myself to be in the past. And I realised that actually, you know, I belong to myself, Jason Fox, and my identity is me. You know, I'm not, I'm not owned by an organisation just because I worked for it. I, I'm owned by myself. And, and actually, that was just a chapter. And my purpose is me. You know, actually, my, my, now, you know, my purpose isn't very, it's not, there's no dark art to it. My purpose is I want to have fun in life and enjoy being alive. And that's my, that is my purpose. And, you know, there might be other whys along the way, you know, little ones. If I, if I go on an expedition or I do a bit of filming, then my purpose is to to get that done as best I can and, and enjoy it at the same time. But ultimately, my, my, my purpose now is to enjoy life and do stuff that I enjoy and be around people that I enjoy their company. It's very true. I, I, I read somewhere that, um, and it's lovely, I really like it. It's, if you haven't got a purpose, your purpose is to find your purpose and yeah. I really like that because for a while it felt like I didn't have a purpose, you know, whatever, whatever the situation was. Yeah. And, and I think I, you know, the, the same thing that you did when you, when you left and then you feel like you have no belonging, like you're, you're, you, what you, what you knew since you were 16, that was your life and that was your world. And, and when you left that, did, what, what's interesting about that is that you went to, to get, help elsewhere was there any help offered from the forces um no there was there was obviously when i was still in and i was going through that process of getting medically discharged there was um it was it's like a one size fits all if it doesn't work then it doesn't work and you're not someone that it's designed for but there was there is therapy that is offered but it's very it's difficult to connect with the people that are there because they're so busy. They've got other things that they need to be doing. You know, the person that I was told I would be conducting therapy with was also operational. So every now and again, they would go away. They'd go away on operations to go and support the guys that were away on that. And so I would be like, well, what's happened to my, you know, I could have a, t- a two month gap now. And I'm like, you know, I need to, where, where's, <laughs> this is working. And so, that wasn't great and that fed into me eventually being discharged and then once you leave there's supposed to be follow-up but I think I'm one of the ones that slipped through the net and it was it was poor it's not like that now I'm glad to say and I'm you know they've come on leaps and bounds the Ministry of Defence with their support network and how they manage people with with mental health issues but ultimately it wasn't from them I eventually got a job I got given a job out of the kindness of someone's heart. The MD of a company gave me a job, said, this isn't the job for you, but just take it for what it is. And in so doing, we became friends. And also at the same time, he could see, I don't know how, I think there was something about me, he could see that I was having some dramas. And he, he took me to one side one day and said, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of piggyback you onto my package that I get with this business and we'll get you the private healthcare. He said, we're going to find you someone that can help you get through this. He was awesome. He's still a good friend of mine. I wrote about him in the first book. But he he helped me find the right person. He said, don't be despondent if the first few people aren't the right ones. We'll keep going. We'll just keep going until you wow. find the right one. And that's what happened. And I found a, a lady called Alex down in Totnes, who's She's a therapist, but she's also, she hates me saying this, but she is a hippie. <laughs> go for walks in the woods down by the River Dart. And it was all nice. And I found out a lot about myself. When you say you, you're a hippie, what does that mean? I don't know. I think I like, I prefer the holistic approach to things. I like the slightly alternative, you know, I didn't agree with having to relive stuff that I'd been involved in in the past because I felt that that was a negative way of looking at it. I didn't agree with medication because that made me feel absolutely terrible. Mm. 
And so I needed to find something that worked for me. And for me, it was being outdoors and being a little bit more, you know, present, I suppose. You know, I, I'm not a hippie, but I'm also, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm not a Buddhist either, but I do agree with a lot of the way that, the, the, the way that they approach life with being a lot more present and now. They, they live in the now, which is what it's all about. And they don't worry about what happened in the past and they don't worry about the future because ultimately the future hasn't happened. It's, it's fascinating though that that hippie kind of thing sticks with me because really interesting. My dad were, is an ex-copper and um, and I've grown, I've grown up in that environment. So I've always had this conditioning that hippies were bad and I've always been a, that, in that frame of mind. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, oh God, yeah. I, which one am I? Am I on this right side of my brain or left-hand side of my brain? But in reality, you can be a bit of everything and it's fine. You yeah, can, yeah. Like, and you, and you, you epitomize that really because you are a hard man on the telly doing all that stuff, going mountain climbing every five minutes, but then self telling everybody that you're also a hippie and 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 what comes with that is that yeah that connotation of or oh, should i be a bit ashamed because i'm a bit of a hippie it's like well you, no it's fine absolutely fine yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, agree. I think mine was just, my old man was ex-military so it's along the same sort of you know the same sort of lines and it's a bit hard lined and you know you know hippies around here you know that sort of thing yeah. you know hippies were in the 60s they're either freeze-dried or banged up in prison yeah, and, and also in every movie that I've ever liked and loved, all, always the good guys were tough guys and strong guys who would kill somebody with one punch and all the kind of, the the lazy oafs were the ones that were hippies and all that type of stuff. And yeah, 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 yeah. Really yeah. interestingly now, I've sent my dad on a few retreats. He's he's become this person that he's always wanted to be. He's always wanted to help people in the, within the police force with mental health, with their mental health. And I would say... If you're going to class somebody as a hippie, my dad now with his earring and his beard and his Ganesh tattoo, and I'm pretty sure he's got Om tattooed on him. He's training training to be a yogi teacher. I mean, that is a full turnaround and he's never been brighter. He's never been happier and uh, more happy within himself. It's brilliant. <laughs> where is, where is, it? is, he, is he still in Wales? Yeah, he's in Caerphilly, yeah, South Wales, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's found his purpose. He's 63 and it's taken him a while, but he's, he's come to the terms that he's a hippie and that's, that's, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. He's doing it. I like the turnaround. I like the turnaround. He was like a hardline copper. Yeah. Out, out in Wales and now he's just gone full circle. <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah. And, and he's, he couldn't be tougher either. That's the beautiful thing. What is toughness? What is on the facade, you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's a hard man. He's come, he's come from a hard line of hard men and, yeah. and he's still tough as old boots, but he doesn't have to pretend anymore. He's, he is who he is and he wants to help and he's soft and that's in its own way is tough at the same time. Yeah. Think, yeah. yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I've come to terms with that a little bit on these on these retreats. It's all it's all right to be vulnerable and it's all right to project your true self because that's otherwise you're suppressing your true self and that's dangerous, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, it's, it's probably the most dangerous thing you could do to yourself, really. Because it will end up in other, it'll go down other rabbit holes and you'll end up, you know, doing yourself no good because you're not, you're not allowing yourself to be yourself. You're not being honest to, to who you are. I think that's, that's very wise. What would you say to, to it like that? And there's the young men out there that idolize you, that want to be tough guys. And, and I mean, I'm one of them. I mean, I watch, I watch that celeb SAS who days wins and I'm like, well, I wasn't asked this year. I'd love to do it. Thank you very much. But I wouldn't want to go anywhere cold. Uh, but what would you say to these young men who are, who are struggling with suppressing some sort of person they are and, and, and really feel like they don't fit in with where they are in the world right now? The thing, the, the, the first thing about the not fitting in is we're all we're all unique, which means do it. You know, when you think you don't fit in, no, we all fit in because we're all unique to ourselves. You know, it's, we're supposed to be different. So when you when someone's feeling like they don't fit in, they do. You you you're just an individual, and that's the great thing about it. But ultimately, when it comes to you know wanting to be a tough guy and that, you can still be. You know, I I would say I'm reasonably tough. I'm quite resilient, but I'm also someone that talks about my feelings. I, you know, I, I'm I've got groups of friends who are probably some of the hardest blokes on the planet. You know, special forces guys, and they are, you know, in comparison to me, they are warriors, unbelievable. And yet, we still phone each other up and talk about how we feel or what's going on there. I've got a mate who's doing. He's got his own business now. He's outside. He's left now, but he's you know tough individual. Got to a really high rank in the special forces, and he's had a he's had a tough time with his properties and you know trying to renovate and all this. And we talk about it openly. How's the kids? And he's like, yeah, they're doing my tits. This <laughs> <laughs> sort of stuff. You know, we're not denying ourselves who we are. We're actually like we're being. I think we're. I'd like to think that we're even more rounded. Our friendships are even more grown up because we connect, we're able to talk openly with each other. It doesn't detract away from being tough. It actually, if anything, it probably makes you tougher because you're, you're being allowed, your friends know, you know, they know a lot about you and, and they can help you through tough times. My mates I've got, they don't turn their back on me if I'm having a tough time. They, they, they pull together and they help me and they understand me better because we've all been open with each other. So I think it's, to open up is a, is a is a tool to being even tougher. I reckon you should get that on a t shirt. That's brilliant because <laughs> it <laughs> to open up is the key to being tougher. I mean, it's completely true. I mean, I just even having this conversation, um, you're used to talking about this, and I, I am in that same world. But uh, ten years ago, to me, it would have been an absolutely alien idea for me to communicate with a mate about my how I feel. Yeah, and and these these conversations help that connection is is key, right? Yeah, it is. That's what that's what humans do communicate. We don't do enough of it, unfortunately, and yet it's the one thing that makes you feel. You know, when you feel alone, and then you get a phone call and you speak to a mate of yours, you, you feel less alone, and yet we still, I still do it. We, we, we all do it where, you know, sometimes I won't speak to anyone because I've got stuff going on and I should really remember I just need to communicate with someone because it's that's what works. Opening up is communicating. You know, it doesn't matter on what platform, whether it's, you know, at the moment we do a lot of this, but mm. you know, meet up with someone or Zoom them, <laughs> or phone them, you know, stop. doesn't matter. Do you know what, we, we, it's interestingly, I did exactly the same. My mate Griff, uh, uh, we've, he lives in Wales. He's been working throughout the pandemic and stuff. Two hour phone call last night till two in the morning. Absolutely sorted us both right out. It, and it's yeah. well overdue. And it was just a huge release of nonsense. And it was brilliant, you know, and it's, it's, it's like a, a Dr. Johnson again, I prescribed that to the NHS. Yeah. Call your mates, check it's, in on them. It's true. I, I, I had a phone call this morning. I've got a good friend called Matt. He was on the, we did the Atlantic Row. He was one of the, in fact, he, he was the main guy. He, he funded it all. Um, but, you know, I haven't spoke to him for a while because it's been hectic and he lives he lives in France at the moment and he's, you know, he's he's got a lot of business stuff going on, but I also am aware that, you know, he's out there on his own and a lot of his mates are over here and, you know, it was, I knew it was long overdue, but we chatted today and 
you know, the difference that chat, I mean, we didn't talk about anything in particularly important. We just spoke about how we're feeling, how we're getting on, and then we spoke a load of shit as well, we, you know. But, like, the, the difference that chat made is unbelievable, you know. Yeah. A couple of messages afterwards, like, great chat. That's really sorted me out. Thanks, mate. Speak to you again soon. Yeah, done. Easy. And, 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 exactly. And, and you are right. Is that, that is a holistic approach to um, bettering your mental health is there's this definite science behind it. And mm. really interestingly, that I've, I've been diagnosed with depression and but I, that was through a difficult time 10 years ago i don't think i have what i had back then i didn't mm. have the tool chest of mental health tools that like everything i do now um i'm very lucky to have worked out what i need to to help me through certain situations times are tough things things will happen in the future that's going to get me down but i have this beautiful kind of array of options for me to go into and mm. I, and i think i think people are afraid of of saying like my advice to you would be to go and have a walk and, and connect with your friends, call your mates, drink more water, try not to drink three bottles of wine a night if you if you can. And I yeah. think I had a conversation in the pub with somebody actually two two three nights ago, and they were kind of against me saying that to them because they they were, they suffer from anxiety and they were like, well, no, I can't just go and brush this off with a conversation with a friend. It's an actual clinical thing that I have. Um, but it's a real gray area where, yes, you, there's people out there with different degrees of mental illness and people need the help that they desperately need. But I mean, if you can control who you talk to and how you live your life, that's going to help in, in it. not not completely solve a problem, but it's definitely going to help, isn't it? It is definitely going to help. And, and you know, I agree, you know, there are different levels of it. And sometimes there are chemical imbalances, which are, which is sad and unfortunate. And they require different forms of intervention. But, you know, for a lot of us, I do genuinely think it's a, it is a mindset thing. You know, it's, you've got to try and, I, I try wholeheartedly to be, positive about everything even when things are getting me down I have to I check myself and I'm like right this isn't because I'm destined to have bad luck this is just a it's just a thing that's all that mm. happens and I'm going to get up and I'm going to have a better 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 part to the rest of the day or whatever it may be and and you know you've got you can't there's no point wallowing in 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 unfortunate circumstances you've got to look for a way out and when it comes to you know, people's mindset and their heads, the only person in charge of them is them. They're, you know, some people look for this magic magic wand to be waved to get them out of it, but sometimes there's a little bit of grit and determination that's required on everyone's part to to dig deep and, and get themselves back into the game, back into a better headspace. Because, I mean, that's, you know, when I was in my deep and dark place, you know, sometimes you just don't think that there's a way out, but there is. And 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 yes, there are people there to help you along the way, but ultimately it's your it's your decision to do that. And it's you're the one that's going to take whatever path is shown to you. You don't have to take it, but it's it's up to you. And it's how much you want to sort of get to a better place. It's really, really interesting what you say about the, that perspective of you will get through it. It does pass. And I think I, I completely understand what you're saying when I was when you, when you are in bad times it's really absolutely important to acknowledge that this isn't permanent and that will pass those feelings come and those feelings come and go good and bad you can have great days and, and, and terrible days and this tomorrow is always another day and it sounds cliche but these these are actually words to live mm. by aren't they yeah and and you know there's a place for terrible days as well, you know. There's yeah. there is a place for them. There's a place for dark times. You can't you can't go through life on a on a, a constant high because that constant high will become white noise and you'll get bored of it. So you know those dark days are there to make the lighter ones, you know, very light. How how do we get young men to have this mindset ingrained in them? It seems a very new conversation for us to be having now and hopefully, um, very quickly, they'll be obsolete because, you know, even my nephew who's young, uh, 18, 
is kind of like, oh yeah, we talk about this in school. Like I couldn't even imagine talking about anything like this in school. Yeah. And what 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 would you say? Um, you know, the, there's elements of your life that you've had that discipline at, from 16 years old that's shaped you into a brilliant person. And there's there's bits of lessons that you've learned along the way that would counteract counteract those that discipline. And so, what would you what would you say to a a young lad and what, what what ideas do you have to to prevent this from happening to um, young men? Firstly, I'm glad that your is it your cousin you said? Yes. My my yeah. nephew. My nephew. Nephew, sorry. I'm uh, firstly I'm glad that he said that. I didn't I, I wasn't aware that those conversations were had, whether it's part of the because I've I've actually been saying for a couple of years now that it would be great if we were a bit more proactive with regards to mental health as opposed to we're very reactive you know mm. someone's got an issue and sometimes it's too late and you know we find out and we try and we try and combat it after the incident or after whatever's happened's happened whereas it'd be great if if while our youngsters are still young and in school there's part of the curriculum is dedicated to mental health or mental wealth where they're told that you know you're going to embark on this journey called life and it is tough and we're not going to lie to you about that. And you could experience feeling like A, B or C, but don't worry about that because that's all right. You know, you're allowed to feel like that. And if you do feel like that, don't worry because you can employ some of these techniques or you can speak to these people. Now, those youngsters probably won't pay it much lip service at the time. They will pay it just that lip service. But mark my words, some of them in a few years time when they are going through whatever it is they might be going through, we'll remember that and we'll understand and realise that it's okay to be, feel like that because that is about, that's part of being human, you know. The reason it, we have mental health issues is because we're humans. It's part, of, it's part of being alive and we need to accept that that's acceptable and that we just need to find a way of getting around it. So I'm, I'm glad that they, they are having that conversation, whether it's part of the curriculum or not. It's good that they're talking like that because I never spoke like that when I was 18 years old, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but, but for me, the more we have this conversation, the more it becomes normal. The more they talk like that in schools, then the more it will just be second nature and actually mm. the stigma will be, there will be no stigma. I mean, the stigma really for me is always in the individual's head. They create their own stigma. And that's the danger. That's what we need to try and remove is people feeling alone and on their own and not wanting to talk to anyone because that's, that's when it, things get really bad. What was the stigma like in your head when you were suffering? Yeah, it was pretty bad, to be honest. And actually, it was unwarranted. You know, even, you know, 10 years ago when I was in the Special Forces, the, there was probably a bit of stigma within certain elements of that unit because of certain personalities and the way they were brought up and what, what stage of life they were at. But all in all, upon reflection, the stigma within the unit wasn't that bad at all. But I created one in my head that was horrendous. So much so that I lied to everyone about why I was leaving. I told them it was because of my hearing, which was a lie. And I scurried away and disappeared and cut away my friends and that stigma that I created in my own head nearly killed me. And so, you know, I understand how difficult it is to try and remove internal stigmas, but it's probably the most important thing that we need to try and do. We need to try and work it out. I haven't got the answers yet. But yeah. Where, where do you I'm, think you, you acquired that thought? Just because of... Uh, just because of the time that it all happened to me at was, you know, 10, 11 years ago nine years ago, whatever. And the conversation wasn't that, it wasn't as prolific as it is now, where it's, you know, we're a lot further down the line now. We, I like to think that the MOD and society has grown up a little bit since then in, in its approach to mental health, especially in men. It's still not there, don't get me wrong, but I think it's just because, you know, I was a little bit closer to the old school mentality at the time of shut up, man up. There's no such thing. I mean, I was a big non-believer in mental health and soldiers anyway. I used to poo-poo the idea that Gulf War syndrome existed and all this lark. I didn't even really understand what it was because, you know, as far as I was concerned, I'd been going away war fighting for a considerable amount of time and I was all right. But then fast forward a few months and I'm eating a massive slice of humble pie as I realise I'm suffering from whatever it is you want to call it. 
You said you, you, were, you were diagnosed with depression at, at that time. Mm. What Do you mind walking us through what that felt like in that time? Yeah. Uh, you don't have to if you want to. Uh, yeah, no, I want to. I want to. Right, okay. It was, um, so I suppose it initially manifested itself in it. I, I, I was starting to become very aware, very aware of my more, my sort of, my mortality, I suppose. I've been away a lot. I used to throw caution to the wind and I used to do all sorts of crazy stuff. And then, you know, towards the end of my career, I was starting to feel, I was like, whoa, hang on a minute. I've seen people get seriously injured and killed here. And how long can I keep cheating death before it happens? Because actually, I don't really want to die. I'm not, I'm not quite ready for that yet. <laughs> so there was that, that sort of crept in. But then what happened was... Um, I'd been involved in a tour that was mental, to, to put it mildly. And I came back from that and my mood, it wasn't that I was having flashbacks, I wasn't reliving anything. My mood towards the job changed completely. And I fell out of love with it and, I, and that really upset me and confused me because it was something that I loved more than my own life, I suppose. I really did, you know, it completed me, but... I fell out of love with it and that was the hardest thing. My mood just changed towards the job that I loved and that's what sent me into a spiral and I became a, a very miserable person to be around. Um, I was constantly, I feel, I can never really remember that time very well other than all I can remember and it lasted a few years but I can never remember a sunny day. If I think back to that period, every day was great. Now, it obviously wasn't. You know, even though we do live in the UK, it, it can have nice days. <laughs> when I think back to that time, when I think back now, every day is great. It was, it was, that's how I felt. That's what my mood was like. I felt like there was a big black cloud looming over me and I couldn't escape it. And that for me was what, you know, PTSD had triggered depression in me was because I'd fallen out of love with a job and I found everyday life very difficult. I was failing at a lot of things in my in my head at the time. Who did you reach out to first? I reached um I reached out first to um the the the, the psych nurse at the unit but I didn't really know her, know that person and it didn't really work out. The connection wasn't great. There wasn't enough time invested because that person was very busy, not through any fault of, her, of their own, but it was, yeah, it, it didn't work out. So the first person I reached out to, it didn't quite, it didn't quite work. Um, I did eventually start speaking to friends, you know, once I'd sort of left and I'd realised that I can't cut my friends away because they... They're a very important part of my life and they were very supportive actually when I started to open up. And then obviously Andy, the guy that I spoke about who gave me a job, he, he was very engaging and he sent me on that journey to find someone that was professionally capable to, to help me out. And what, what type of therapy is that? Is that just conversational? I don't know, I think you'd... Conversational, like a bit of... I suppose you'd call it CBT, but it, it, what I mean, what is that? I think it's just a chat. You know, <laughs> chat much. about yeah, a chat about what works for you. You know, I, I we did try a bit of EMDR, and I used to get asked to go back to those stressful times, and I was like, this isn't no. work. I don't need to go back and relive anything to then desensitize it. I that, that stuff didn't really bother me in the first place. It was just a catalyst for everything else in my life that was stressful. And I just, I just had a, I suppose I had a breakdown really. And, you know, and for me, reliving stuff, I didn't need to do it. I wasn't going to change anything. I just needed, to, I needed a new outlook on life. I needed a new mindset. I needed a new headspace that was going to be clear, happy and positive. I mean, I've had lots of therapy over the last 10 years, but definitely this year, just getting rid of these barriers that I've had in my mind, that, that whether I've overheard somebody say something when I was nine or somebody actually said something to me that made me conditioned to think a certain way. And it, you know, it's not like a serious thing. It's for me, I, I found that I wasn't 
I had the idea, but I wasn't doing it. You know, I, I was something holding me back. There was some self-doubt and there was a lack of confidence, you know, and in, in certain areas in, in, in more career wise than anything else. And it's yeah. really interesting. You can go right back down to the one thing that you overheard somebody say, well, they were watching TV and then you've, you've, that person on TV was a show off. And then I, I now thought that, oh, if I project myself and do these shows, I'm sh I'm a show off too. Show offs are bad. I mean, that's what a nine-year-old me thinks. And isn't I still it, behave it, like that now. Isn't it mad how, it, you know, people should be very careful what they say around nine, eight, <laughs> nine, ten-year-olds because ultimately you don't, you never forget that stuff and you, it's embedded into your head and it, it can be restrictive, I think. Yeah, well, that, that that's fascinating because simply something that somebody could have said to you when you were that age sticks with you, sticks, clings to you and your reaction to the, what was said um, is a childlike reaction. It's a very uninformed, an, an illogical reaction to it. But I've been making decisions based on that ill-informed nine-year-old's opinion it of that. The funny thing is, is that 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 thought as a, you're a nine year old, but that thought becomes an adult thought. It's something that you 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 made up in your head mm. as a nine year old, but it's still relevant as a thirty seven, you know, whatever year old you are. Yeah. It's still and how how does how does that? I mean, how does that decision? And I, I'm not questioning. I'm just wondering how does it stand the test of time as you grow up and it's still a thing. It's still something you should listen to. It's mad, isn't it? It is really, but that's because it's your subconscious. You, yeah. and, you, and everybody has choices all the way through your life. You make choices. And obviously some people have different lives, of course, tough times. And, but like right now, I always find like, I've already made that decision to do a job or not to do a job in my subconscious before by, by even not trying, by not calling the person, by not doing it. It's not, it's not like I'm sitting down going, I'm going to make this decision now. You subconsciously just creeps through and it has a feeling and it overlaps everything. And it puts you into a mindset that's not in the right mindset to do that job or to complete yeah. that task. And, um, and it takes work to get rid of that because it's damaging. But the point being though, is because you can identify that that's a good thing. Because it means that you understand it, and you, there is a there is a way of countering it. Yeah. Some people, some people will go through the rest of their lives without even challenging their own thoughts, which is a shame. Because then that it's about being emotionally aware, isn't it? Aware of what's going on inside your head. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's again going back to the schooling. If we can try and get young people to know who they are and what they want, there's mm. going to be you know, yeah. there's not going to be a, a a young person going, oh, okay, I'll I'll do this A levels, and I'll go to this university, and I'll and I'll do all of this because that's what I think I should do. Uh, it's a waste of time if you know what you need to do and you know who you are, and you're okay with not knowing as well. That's totally fine. You can yeah. go through life and enjoy the moment and the present without this big old weight of I don't know who I am, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll just subscribe to this life and do that one because that'll make everybody happy, and therefore I'll be happy. You know? Yeah, I think that would help out with a lot of other things that fall out of school life. You know, because the, these curriculums don't lend themselves to everyone, and I think that's half the problem with a lot of the inner city trouble that youth has. <laughs> is because essentially they go to school, which is the, probably the biggest part of their life as a youngster it is anyway. And I was one of these as well. And if you're not good at maths and English and science, then it, you're, you're basically being told by the curriculum that you're going to amount to nothing. And it's mm. demoralizing for a child to listen to that. And so they think to themselves, well, if I'm not going to be a part of something, what can I be a part of? Next thing you know, they get involved in gangs. There's, you know, all this sort of thing. Because essentially... They're probably actually some of the most savvy kids on the planet, but they're told because they can't comprehend or grasp what the curriculum's telling them to do, or they've not got the attention span because they're not quite there yet, then they're going to amount. And it's we're losing a lot of talented young individuals to to trouble, and it, it's a it, it's a shame, I think. No, I completely agree with you. To, they're not allowed to believe that they can be anything they want because essentially the school curriculum says no. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing, I grew up in Wales, pretty much all of Wales and the feeling for, it felt for me that 
that was the case. Like you're not going to amount to much. You go to a um, a guidance counselor or whatever, and yeah. I, I actually said, I want to. I think I want to go and be a cameraman or something because I yeah. went to a telethon in 1992 and it looked yeah. awesome. <laughs> I was at HTV Wales and all the news readers telethon, had... that was an old school word, didn't it? <laughs> Do you remember it? Yeah, yeah. Hello, Telethon, 92. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I was like, I want this life. I don't know what it is, my, my, like, but I know I don't want to be a police officer like my dad because I'm pretty sure he doesn't yeah. like that. And um, I, not his dad was a minor and I think I want to break the mold and do something fun for a living. And when, as soon as I had that attitude, everybody around me was like, no, work's not supposed to be fun. And you're not, the feeling I had was you're not allowed to have that job. And if you did, you're lucky yeah. and your luck will run out type attitude. And that's the conditioning. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff, you know, and, and when you have kids in classrooms and they're, t they're told subconsciously and consciously that they're not smart or good enough. Yeah. What, do they, what do you expect if you, if you do that to somebody? It's a shame that. It is a bloody shame. Yeah, we need to look out for each other, that's for sure. That's a very, very, very good way to finish this conversation. Thank you so much yeah. for your time today. Change the face of men's health. For more information or to support Movember, head to movember.com. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.